Welcome to For The Record, a sports obsessive podcast covering major sports from around the world, made by sports enthusiasts for sports enthusiasts. Welcome to another episode of For The Record. Thanks again for all the support that we've been receiving. Progress is is steady. Um, We're getting our followers on social media and we're getting people to listen to our episodes. So thank you to everybody who has been giving us feedback once again. And also, yeah, thanks to those who take the time to listen and then give us pointers on what they think will improve the program. Unfortunately, it won't be usual run of play this week as Alessandro is sick, so he won't be able to attend this this podcast. So we wish him all the best and, and look forward to having him back next week. But instead of more of a traditional, the original type of thing, Gaza, you and I are back at it. Yes, we are. We, we haven't been doing this ourselves for some time since we granted Alessandro a, a membership card. But he's always brought something good to the show and we look forward to hearing him very, very soon. Yeah, this episode may lack a bit of controversy and a bit of uh, comedic relief because Alessandro brings a lot of that to the program. And like I say, we, we will miss him. Uh, unfortunately, what we had planned for this week isn't going to go ahead. Uh, what we were looking to do was iconic World Cup kits and our thoughts on the 2022 selection. But we'll, we'll put that aside and we'll keep it pinned for next week. Hopefully, Alessandro will be back with us and we'll discuss that. But other than, otherwise, uh, Gaza, more of sort of standard or play or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, normality resumed, so to speak, in the Premier League with City thumping Manchester United and then, unfortunately, Liverpool obviously losing Conceding points. three goals. How can you concede? You're three, two up and you've got seven minutes to play and you concede a third. Having said that, we watched them in the Champions League against Rangers, completely different team. Alexander Arnold played exceptionally well, great goal from a free kick. So I think Liverpool's on their way back. Klopp might have sorted out whatever bugs they had there, and they seem to have improved immensely. Looking forward to see what will happen between them and Arsenal on the weekend. Um, that's a result nobody really knows how to pick it. Could be a draw, could be a win for Arsenal, and obviously it could be a win for Liverpool. So all three options are available. Yeah, it does feel like it's a very... Uh, so, geez, we've just seen one of the AC Milan players skype from about the six-yard box, getting distracted by the Champions League football that's live right now. City running away with another football game and Dortmund impressing. But, uh, sorry, back to the Premier League. Yeah, it's... Liverpool and Arsenal is a fixture that's obviously the sort of shining fixture of this weekend, the standout fixture. And Arsenal have been impressive this season. And I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they were unfortunate to lose points to Manchester United. Uh, not their best performance of the season, of course, but also some some slightly favourable decisions towards United. Which slightly. Is, it's, it's what you expect at Old Trafford, though. Absolutely. Uh, so... Yeah, I think Liverpool actually go into that fixture as underdogs. And I don't want to talk too much about Liverpool on this week's podcast. I know that there are some listeners who have accused us of bias toward Liverpool, which is natural because we are passionate Liverpool fans. But when it comes to discussing football games and obviously, you know, the league and and everything like that, you do bring your own preferences and biases into that. And that is actually 
why we started this podcast because we didn't want to be robotic and lack opinion and passion so without trying to be too passionate to and, and favor, favorable toward Liverpool I think they have given themselves a better chance against Arsenal but Arsenal for me and as, as I say I'm a huge Liverpool biased loving Liverpool supporter but I actually think Arsenal have a cheeky chance of this game. The only thing that I'd question with Arsenal is the mental strength of the side. They're still a young team and they, they're coming together. And that United result could be argued that their mentality might not have been as resolute as it needed to be. I think I agree with you, Michael. And the thing is that what's happening now, Liverpool have suddenly found some freedom. And there's not a lot of pressure on them. I think they've they mentally know that the, the championship is gone. They're not going to get beat City to the trophy, this the Premier League. I think they know that's gone. So that's a huge pressure lifted off them. They can concentrate more on the on the, the Champions League and obviously the smaller trophies and blood the youngsters. But I've got a funny feeling Liverpool could click this weekend. And I, I think they're going to give Arsenal a bit of a fright and and beat them by more than two goals ah i'm not sure gary i think your liverpool bias is showing slightly honestly uh arsenal are not as predictable and as soft with their underbelly as they have been in previous seasons so uh, i think liverpool have got the quality and they do have the class and should everything click i think they'd be too much for arsenal but we haven't seen a liverpool side in a fluid attacking way for a long time. Uh, we saw them last night. It's Rangers in the Champions League. Look, it is Champions League football. I understand that. But Rangers are probably a mid, mid-level mid Premier League club at best. They might even be relegation fodder in the Premier League. Look, it might be disrespectful to say that. But if you look at the Rangers lineup, Connor Goldson was playing at, at Brighton and Hove. He couldn't get a game. Ben Davies, who played centre-back, he was signed by Liverpool. He didn't play. So... Look, there's some decent quality in that side, but I don't know if you well, can... Well, they certainly got a great goalkeeper. No, yeah, McGregor played exceptionally well, and, and as is necessary when you play against Liverpool and they look a little bit sharper. But, yeah, I, I still think Arsenal go into the game as favourites, which is maybe a, a bit more pressure on them, and we'll have to see how they respond. But they played very well against Tottenham. I expected Tottenham to get rolled over there because their, their style of football is too negative. They don't want to exploit their talent. They'd rather hope on uh, or prey on the mistakes of the opposition. Which Tottenham player got the red card? Emerson Royale, I think. Let me just open it up. Just have a look. Uh, Emerson Royale, yeah. He was playing fullback. Um, An Arsenal fan did actually mention to me that if he had seen an Arsenal player sent off for what Emerson was sent off for, he'd feel aggrieved. Those were the words he said. He said he wouldn't be shouting for a red if it was an Arsenal player. But you're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, so to speak. Yeah. We've already discussed Liverpool and Brighton. Um, Brighton were actually very good. And to their credit, you know, a lot of people are, are critical of Liverpool. But Brighton actually played good football. So you have to say, well done to them. But once again, a great display by the goalkeepers that come to Anfield. Hey? Yeah, no... It's a necessity if you want to make sure that you get something out of the game. Fulham, Newcastle is quite a surprise. Uh, we're going to just brush over these fixtures quite quickly just so that we can run into next week's games. 
Um, Fulham Newcastle, quite a surprising result. I mean, obviously Newcastle spent the money, etc., etc. Fulham got a good start, but now they're getting found out. Now teams are finding them out, and uh, I think they're going to struggle to stay in the Premier. Well, they've they've won two out of their last five, and Newcastle. This is their first win in their last five. Lots of draws. But uh, Newcastle still find themselves seventh on the table, which is nothing to be too disappointed with uh, coming from you know their position previously. But with the money spent, you're not really surprised by that. Southampton, Everton, the, arguably the two worst teams in the league. Southampton just never seem to have any momentum and they never seem to have any quality in the way that they manage their squad. But then they survive and it's the same thing the season after. Yeah. Uh, Everton, I don't know how they're winning football games with Lampard as manager. And uh, it's, it's a team that I never seem to be able to predict on Super Brew. Yeah, they're the worst team to try and predict. They sometimes just perform and other times they absolute rubbish. But so be it. That's the Premier League. Yeah, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, pretty expected. Yeah. Even though it was at Crystal Palace, that's probably what most people would have picked on Super Brew. 2-1 win for Chelsea, for those who don't know the result. Then Bournemouth-Brentford, 0-0. We yeah. had a discussion about this game last week. We were not sure which way it was going to go. A 0-0 draw is the worst result in football, unless you're Italian. Then it's the perfect defensive. Yeah, <laughs> everybody played well. But, yeah, no, not really much to write home about there. West Ham-Wolves, the result that basically got Bruno Lage or Bruno Lage, I don't know if I'm butchering his name, but it got him sacked. Wolves without a manager now. They've not been the same since they got rid of Nuno. Yeah, no, they haven't come back. They haven't been able to come back. And what do you think the problem is there? Are the players not clicking? Because they were doing really well. And now, all of a sudden, they've fallen off the bus. I think they've moved away from the identity that made them a good football side. If you remember to how they were promoted, and then, you know, they obviously being promoted, you come into the Premier League. And the way they performed once coming into the Premier League, I think they finished between 6th and 8th. I think it might have been 8th. I stand to be corrected. But in their first season, which was 2018-19, they finished yeah, around there. And they played well. Look, they had quality counter-attacking footballers with Jota, Jimenez. Ruben yeah. Neves was, is still a quality footballer, of course. Martinho's old now. Uh, they obviously have that strong Portuguese spine, which is fair and dandy, but... With this Bruno Lage, there wasn't really an identity and they're very negative. Yeah. And we've seen it before with teams in the Premier League. You can be negative and you can have limited success in terms of saving yourself for next season or staying up for a year or two. But overall, if you maintain a negative approach to football, you're it's gonna catch up. Yeah, you're you. always destined for relegation. Eventually. Yeah, it will catch up with them. And I think that is the path that Wolves are presently on. So they needed to change something. And we'll see who they bring in to, to manage them next. Uh, West Ham, I'm personally quite happy for them to get a result. Yeah, they suddenly clicked. Eh? Yeah, no, that's, that's okay. Got a few points. Let's have a look at them on the table. Uh, let's have a quick squiz at West Ham. Where are they going into the next game week? Still down in the bottom. Yeah, uh, 15. It's not, it's look, two wins out of their last five. But yeah, it's not been a, it's not been the start and the performance that we'd expect from them. But if you look at it, I mean, we were expecting them between sort of fifth and eighth. They're only six points off of that. So 
it's been a slow start for a lot of teams in the Premier League this season. A lot of teams have struggled to find their feet. United and City. Well, that was a gimme. We knew City were going to give them. I was surprised that United managed to get three back. I think one was a penalty, was it not? Uh, I must say, I didn't really watch this game. Yeah, penalty for Martial. But if you look at the result, uh, it flatters United, I think. I think City backed out of it toward the end of that. Erling Haaland... Got his hat trick. Yeah. Two hat tricks. Eh? Two hat tricks. Two players got hat tricks. Yeah, Foden, Foden got a hat trick as well. And despite his atrocious haircut, he is actually a decent footballer. <laughs> Lego man. <laughs> yeah, they plug his hair on before he starts every game. If I, yeah, if you look at the XG, um, just a sec. Yeah, you see the, the XG for, for City is 3.01. So they dominated that game. They still conceded quite a bit though. 1.71 to United is a lot. I don't know what which chances. So this is, let me go see. Oh, penalty, obviously, that's high. 76% yeah. chance. Then the goal that uh, Marshall scored was pretty central by the looks of it. So 0.68. And then the goal that Anthony scored looks like, wow, okay. That was a 0.01. So that was a cracker. But City have to do better than that. I, this is where I've said it before. City have a weaker underbelly. And United probably would have had a chance of having a go at that or exposing that if they were more positive and they actually backed themselves to perform. Because if you look at the back four that City started with, Aki and Akanji. Akanji's from Dortmund and Switzerland. Good footballer. But um, he's, he's not really top class in the Premier League, in my opinion. So United could have had some fortune if they actually went for it. But they... They just get overawed by situations these days. And Actually, I, with all due respect, every team is overawed by Manchester City. They all have a negative attitude when they take them on. They're beaten before they get on the park. No, that is exactly the problem. And, yeah, United should... Their fans and their players... Well, their players should be held accountable and their fans should feel aggrieved at the way that things are going at the club. Uh, but, yeah, that's... And, it's, but they have a real band-aid approach. You know, they, they, don't, they don't have the ability to clean players out and say, okay, you guys are just not good enough. I mean, Maguire is really struggling. Yeah. He's really struggling to fit in there. And Egmont Tag is, is not really helping him. He's benching him and, yeah. and he's, yeah, but ten, he's just battling to get in there. He's outclassed presently. Ten Hag is, is showing his tendencies to isolate or ostracize players with yeah. the way that he's handling Ronaldo as well. And there's talk of him going to Chelsea now because obviously the American wanted him in the first place. And Ronaldo, I mean, that would be quite a kick in the crotch for Ronaldo if he was dumped off to Chelsea because he came back to United as this big hero and there was all the song and dance about yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo. Within a year, they've forgotten him almost. Yeah, they've tarnished his image. Well, let's be honest. He was responsible for that. He should never have come back. No. Sometimes you've got to just realize the limitations of a decision yeah, or, or yeah. of a situation. And also, the, the, the Premier League has moved on. I mean, he was happily playing elsewhere. Yeah. Premier League moved on. And now he's trying to come back and catch up with it. And he's not being successful. So, he and Maguire are probably playing cards in the dressing them while everybody else plays football. Well, we've discussed it before at length off, off air. We've discussed how United have a strategy where they, 
they buy a player that's doing well at another club or doing well in the league and they think cool he's going to come into united and do well but they don't look at the qualities of the player Maguire's perfect example of that he was playing at leicester and he looked good at leicester but he was playing within a system that protected or covered Assisted. over yeah covered over his inability yes yeah his weaknesses they yeah. made sure that his weaknesses weren't exposed and he wasn't expected to like i say expose those weaknesses he wasn't trying to play the ball out from the back he wasn't trying to be in a side that dominates possession and the same thing happened with england in the 2018 world cup everybody thought oh wow this is such a great center back pairing stones and maguire when in actual fact england had a relatively easy draw in that world cup and he wasn't expected to play adventurous football which is exactly the problem with southgate at the moment and why trent alexander arnold is excluded from the side all the time i i don't know where this man got his ability to manage honestly i mean coming in originally he got a few wins and then he had the waistcoat thing he had to wear a waistcoat and that was good luck for england and, but you can't do that and he doesn't seem to pick the correct players no he definitely doesn't he, he doesn't he, go into the lower leagues and look for workers he always wants to pick somebody that's what he would refer to as a star a great player from united a great player from city a great player from tottenham he doesn't pick a side that gels doesn't seem to work he doesn't have any idea what system he wants to play though he He's very conservative. Uh, if if you're playing with Eric Dyer and Maguire in your side, oh my, that that's just terrible. I mean, Maguire is, as we've discussed, not good enough. And then Dyer, Dyer is a very average player, and he's another that English media hyped up when he came out. And you know, he looked all right as a holding midfielder, but this is Euro 2016 that I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, no, that's six years, right. six and a half years ago. So. Football moves forward, and, and so should systems and tactics and ideologies. And England will fail at this World Cup because they have the same philosophy that they've had every other tournament. The entitled nature that they're going to win something because they're England. And that's not good enough. But anyway, that's a little bit of a sidetrack. The well, last two games... They won, it, they won it in 1966. Yes. What's my math like? At 44, over 60 years ago. Well, it's... Well, 40 years would take you to 2006. So 50 years of 2016. So it's 56, 56 years. Yeah. I mean, for the game, the game that was invented by the English takes them that long. Well, they may, they may not win this one, but uh, that's no, a it's, huge it's, gap. You can argue that it's comfortably going to be 60 years till they yeah. win the next one because yeah. the Southgate won't be able to perform under the pressures and expectations at a world tournament. When you look at some of the other managers that some of the national sides have, he is basically like uh, chalk amongst cheese. Yeah, but he does. He, he manages England, and and it's the same old, same old. You don't see anything changing. You don't see him trying different players. And I mean, I think they've lost the last eight. Yeah, well, they drew. They drew with Germany, but otherwise they've been relegated from the UEFA Nations League group that they were in so they're going oh, to go. division b or yeah. division two which is or... unacceptable i mean english fans must must be going absolutely bonkers because every time they're in a competition it's they bring it at home they bring it at home the woman did but uh, 
the lads can't seem to get it right. Yeah, that comes back to that entitlement, something we've seen with South African football as well with Bafana Bafana versus Banyana Banyana. But that's also another story. Yeah. Let's just wrap this Leave little that alone. well alone. Um, so the, the last two games of the weekend, Leeds United and Aston Villa, that was quite disappointing. If you look at the XG analysis, which just gives you an idea of who did better, because it was a normal draw, as I say. So uh, I believe Aston Villa outperformed them. Yeah, they did. So Leeds only created 0.3 worth of chances, which is rubbish. Yeah, uh, Villa nearly had two goals worth, with 1.9. They should have scored, clearly. Uh, I, I'm just looking here. I see Coutinho had a saved shot from virtually underneath the crossbar. Uh, but yeah, it's problems for Villa. Problems for Villa. And Steven Gerrard is probably at risk of being sacked now. And that is a little bit sad from a Liverpool perspective, but at the same time, I don't see what he's done at Villa. I don't see a plan. I don't see a formation. I don't see a system. I don't see players being utilized to their strengths. It's very sloppy, and I don't, you know, you don't know what's happening. Iffy. Yeah, it's it's wishy washy. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's lukewarm. It's not. There's nothing nailed on, and you can see that. And then speaking of nailed on. I sure as hell didn't expect Leicester to pull that result out against Nottingham Forest. It had to come. Leicester City, it, it had to come. I think that's their first win of the season. I think you might be right, yes. In, in seven or eight games. Let's just have a look. We'll go quickly have a look at Leicester City and see what their... Let's uh, table. Okay, quickly. They're yeah, right. first yeah. win yeah. from eight. Yeah. And they've drawn one, so they've lost six. Uh, it's, uh, look, they, their XG was actually very similar, 1.25 to 1.22, which indicates to me that they got fortunate or their chances were very well taken. Uh, Madison got two goals. Interesting stat about James Madison for those who are in, you know, in playing fantasy Premier League. He has three less goal contributions than Haaland since May in the Premier League. Obviously, Haaland's come in and taken the league by storm, but that's quite an impressive thing. He's got the yeah. second highest goal contributions in the Premier League. Uh, so, it was coming. I'm happy for them as well. Leicester's another side you can't really hate. They try their best and they operate with limited resources. Um, so, that's something that you can be pleased with. But, yeah, we like I say, there's a different dynamic to the podcast this week, but we still want to talk about the Fantasy Premier League and we want to talk about the fixtures coming up next week in the Premier League. So, uh, quick gloss over on the on the fantasy Premier League. Uh, if you want any advice, put Holland in your team and make him your captain. For sure, that's that's the easiest advice anybody can give. Kevin De Bruyne is looking good. I don't know if you can shoehorn the two of them in the same side with the amount that he'll cost. But yeah, they're talking about Pierre Emerick or Bamiyang. I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. But yeah, he might do okay. Chelsea, Callum Wilson. Uh, he's He's like a squirrel looking for a nut. He, he finds one now and again. He's, I don't think he's worth putting him aside. Well, they have that Alexander Isak that they signed, Newcastle, and he looks quality, but I think he might have a knock, so he might not play. There's a game week differential toward Alex Awobi. Never touch him. He is rubbish. Uh, Guardiola updates on Walker. Hopefully he's injured for the rest of his life. <laughs> Jared well, Bowen. No, he'll be back for England. Yeah, uh, Southgate, he can't, he can't even pick his nose, that oak. Uh, Jared Bowen, one to watch for this game week, game week 10, and Ollie Watkins, two players that are quality English players, and yeah, they're probably available a little bit of a snip compared to some of the others. I see Sabia have just grabbed another goal against, well, a goal 
against Dortmund. So that makes it 3-1. So, yeah, Fantasy Premier League is ticking along. Uh, just checking how much time we have left. No, we're okay. Uh, yeah, Fantasy Premier League ticking along. If we have to look at the players that have quickly done the most in each area of the pitch, Nick Pope doing well in the goal. Uh, William Saliba, he's done well for centre-back. And, and he came in at a four and a half four and a half million pound. I see that he's worth five now. I, for some reason, have only got him up to 4.7. So they're giving me they're giving me one there. Uh, Cancelo expected. Trippier, that's okay. Trossard's got a lot of points from his performance against Liverpool. De Bruyne, obviously, should be at the top there. Foden, Madison, as discussed. And then, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. So Haaland has scored 40 points more than Harry Kane, which basically tells you all you need to know. And they yeah. were the same price at the start of the season. It's ridiculous. Haaland has scored double what Ivan Tony has scored in this, oh, maybe not the same amount of game weeks. I'm not sure if there was a buy or anything for Brentford, but I don't think there was. But he scored the same, plus the same again. So double after eight game weeks or something. That is ridiculous. Jesus has had a good start. Is on the same amount as Firmino, which is interesting. Mitrovic. Well, Firmino got a good few recently as well. Yeah, Firmino is doing goal. okay. He's doing all right. So, yeah, fascinating. So, I mean, if, you, if you're looking for players and you don't have Saliba or Cancelo, Cancelo is quite expensive. So, if you don't have players, Saliba and Trippier are probably key for, for your defense. Trossard's stats are a little bit boosted by his hat-trick against Liverpool. I'm not sure he'll maintain that form. But Madison, he might be worth a look. Uh, especially when you compare that his price and Luis Diaz's price is actually the same. And Diaz, we know he's a, a good footballer, but he hasn't quite hit the ground running. So, yeah, that, that covers our Fantasy Premier League segment, and that leaves us a couple of minutes to wrap up the Premier League itself, Gaza. Yeah. Now, you know that this is your, your forte. So I wouldn't think so, having looked at last week's result. I really didn't do very well. You know, you go for 2-1 and it's 1-all, or you go for 1-0 and it's 1-all. Didn't, it didn't really work for me. But, uh, hey, every week's a new week. All right. Well, Gaza, if you want to just give us a quick run-through on these fixtures and just bark out your scores, please. All right. Bournemouth, they're always fairly well. They do fairly well most days. But Leicester City on a high after giving 4-0. So, I think 1-0, possibly 2-1. I don't know if, if Bournemouth would be able to score. But I think I'll give that one to Leicester. 2-1. Okay, 2-1, okay, yep. Uh, Chelsea Wolves, well, we discussed Wolves. They're really struggling, having lost their manager. Chelsea, probably 3-0. City, Southampton, 4 or 5. New to, South to Southampton. No, no, to City, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> maybe, I know maybe, Southampton are trying. But, maybe uh, if Holland uh, scores a couple of own goals, no, Southampton yeah. will get a goal <laughs> or two. Yeah, well, maybe they should play without a keeper. Uh, sorry, where are we now? We're Newcastle, Newcastle, Brentford. Newcastle have had a win. Brentford suddenly have slipped since the loss of the. Um, well, they didn't lose their manager. Yeah, no, they the they, lo they lost. They lost Ericsson. They lost Who was something. key key to him? Key to them. Uh, yeah, so they lost Ericsson, but they haven't really signed anyone. They haven't really kicked no. on. It's more. Look, it, it, there's always the worry that it's going to be that second season, you know, the end of the honeymoon period. And then That's the, right. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. So what are you going to give Newcastle or, or Brentford in that situation? No, I'll give Newcastle the win 1 or 2-0. No. 
Um, I don't think Brentford have got the ability to score. They seem to have lost their way. Uh, Brighton, Tottenham. Brighton and Hove, they've been playing very, very well. They lost their manager. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Potter, yeah, Potter. But now they've got a... I can't tell you if he's actually Spanish or Italian. But he, he comes from Sassuolo and apparently is a very technically minded manager. Lots of possession, lots of... No, fluidity no. so we'll see how they play it sounds more of the same of what they had with potter he was quite a possession or he just kept up the momentum yeah so we'll see i mean they played decent decent football and they had a good tactic against liverpool and it proved to pay dividends and they have a good record against spurs in recent seasons so just so before you commit to a score i just want to show you what the recent record is so brighton have three wins in the last 10 against spurs and, you know, there you go. They've beaten them 3-0, beaten them 1-0, and then they lost 2-0. Uh, Very close. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's definitely one that if you're looking for an outsider to win or get a result, Brighton might be that. Yeah, yeah I, to be honest, I'm, I'm not a Conte fan. I, I think he's just doesn't do his thing. And so I'm not that keen on Spurs, but you've got to give them a chance. But I think maybe... Brighton and Hove will have it over Spurs. Crystal Palace leads. Oh, um, that I, I would go for a draw there. Um, they both seem to be battling. Uh, West Ham, Fulham, definitely West Ham to beat Fulham. Uh, what would you Arsenal, say? Arsenal, Liverpool. Uh, I think Arsenal are going to get beaten quite soundly, but uh, that might be my Liverpool heart speaking. Now we're going into a game that's not very easy to call. Everton, Man United. Everton at home, Man United out. So I would go for a two-all draw there. Neither of them are doing very well. And then last but not least, Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa. Forest got a bit of a hide in the last game, but Aston Villa are not performing. Forest at home might make a difference. Forest 2-0 over Aston Villa. I like that you've gone for Forest there because you know how it is when, when you're down the bottom of the Premier League and you're scrapping for results. It's very difficult to anticipate how a team will perform. And Forest had a decent enough start to the season. Um, they, got a, they got decent results in their first three games where they got a win and a draw. But ever since that, it's just been hiding after hiding, basically. Yeah. So they need to do something soon before it's too late, basically. And um, despite Villa having eight points from eight games, which is, uh, it's okay, um, Villa are shaky. And we've discussed how Steven Gerrard might be at risk of losing his job. Right. So, yeah, if, if Forrest are going to grab a result, getting one against Aston Villa might be a relatively safe bet. Could turn them around. So, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up the week. As we've discussed last week and we've discussed this weekend and hopefully alessandro will be back in business and uh, back at full health like we discussed is he's in the physio room at the moment we should see him back on the on the starting uh, in the starting three yeah, yeah. Uh, ready to perform with us next week and as discussed earlier as well we will be looking at world cup kits so if you have a kit or a memory of a kit from a national side growing up or whatever the case is that you liked or whatever it is, uh, feel free to comment on the images that we're going to put up and the posts on Instagram. 
Otherwise, listen in next week and let us know if you agree or disagree with our opinions and thoughts on the 2022's FIFA World Cup and the kits that will be on display. And the controversy that goes there with. Yeah, there's, there's a few interesting things in that. So thanks very much, Gary. Thanks for stepping up this week without Alessandro. And uh, yeah, off on to another weekend of football. How quickly they go by. Cheers, everybody. Good night. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave your opinions below and don't forget to subscribe, comment and share us with your fellow sports fanatics. Till next time.